Welcome back to another episode of the Bear Claw Podcast right here on the FFSN Fans First Sports Network. My name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. We're here to talk to you all things Bears all the time, all the way through June. <laughs> As we lead our way up to training camp, let's bring on my wonderful co-host here. We're going to talk a little bit about Bears maybe moving to Naperville. We're also going to talk a little fancy football here today, so let's bring him in right now. My co-host, Vincent Saunders. What's up, man? What's going on, Joey? How you feeling? Uh, dude, I'm feeling good, man. I'm excited for the Joliet Bears. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's move. The Mundelein, the Mundelein Chicago Bears. We could just Mundelein do it like that. <laughs> Mundelein Monsters of the Midway. Let's bring in our other co-host here. He's back. He's ready to talk ball. He's ready to talk possible neighbor village. Quentin Maddox. What's up, man? How you feeling? Dude, man, I'm feeling good. I mean, you know, we're getting through this June here right now. We finished up OTAs, mandatory minicamp coming up in a couple of weeks. Then we have a little bit of a break, and then training camp actually starts. So what better to put in the news and the headlines than where the Bears are going to be playing in five years from now? Uh, so let's open it up, gentlemen. Uh, Vincent, let's start with you, my friend. Uh, Arlington Heights is trying to put the, the tax man has come to the Chicago Bears and he's put a bill on their desks and now they're talking to Naperville. Just kind of what is your reaction and reading through the tea leaves right now? What do you want Bears fans to take away from uh, from this news that's going on about the Bears stadium? Oh, this is all a part of the plan. Arlington was not going to let the Bears get skate skate away with that uh, not paying their property taxes. Um and the Bears definitely hoped that they would get away with that. Build up, build up that whole section of the former, formerly Arlington Racetrack. Build it up and not pay any taxes on it. That was their whole plan. Arlington said, no, uh, no, not, not so fast. Not so fast. Uh, you're going to have to still fit that bill. So expectantly, the Bears said, oh, you know what? They did exactly what a land, land developer would do. They went looking elsewhere <laughs> yeah. and first name pops up is like, as you said, Neighborville, which all of us who are very familiar with the Chicago land area, we just rolled our eyes. Like, okay. Let, okay. Let, let's see how long this is going to take. Uh, Quentin hop in on this. First of all, where, where are you talking to us from Quentin? What neighborhood are you in today? I'm in, uh, I'm in the South suburbs. Do you think, do, do you have room there for the bear stadium? Should it be there? Should it be right around <laughs> the street from your house? You can come in my backyard. That's that's cool. That's uh, what is what is, what is your take on all this, Quentin? And then more importantly, um, I wanted to ask you also: Do you kind of wish that the Chicago Bears played in Chicago? Are you on board with this Arlington Heights? And and what is your take on all this business going on right now? Not at all. Um, <laughs> as a resident of the city of Chicago and someone who drives there frequently, no, I don't. I don't want any more Bears football. Uh, played in the city, not on Lakeshore Drive. Lakeshore Drive is terrible on, on game days. I mean, I was before the game, I was after the game. No, please move it someplace else that is better suited for um, thousands of people on, uh, um, you know, attending the game. I mean, Soldier Field is not a modern stadium. Uh, Lakeshore is not designed to have that many people. No, they can. I don't care where they play as long as they're still, you know, Chicago Bears. They'll stay in Illinois. I do care where they play, but stay in the Chicago area. Don't send them to Salt Lake City or <laughs> yeah, no, keep it no. keep it in the state of Illinois. Um, quick follow up, Quentin. I also want to ask you because I think that's a part of the thing that um, some Bears fans are going to have to get over. Are you a guy that grew up believing in bear weather? 
Were you a guy that believed that the weather was an advantage for the Chicago Bears? Um, or are you are you also a person that maybe is looking forward to what a Bears team would look like if it played all of its games in a controlled indoor environment? Well, growing up and watching guys like uh, Steve Walsh and uh, Rex Grossman throw fluttering interceptions in that Bear weather box, Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady one time in the 2000s, you know, throw 40-yard spirals. <laughs> I, I don't believe, I don't care about bear weather anymore. No, I think that's old and archaic. I mean, we, before my time, we lost the NFC Championship in bear weather to the 49ers. I saw us lose to the Packers, the NFC Championship in, in January. No, I'm, I'm over bear weather for the Dome up. That's fine. Uh, Vincent, me and you, I moved to California. You live in Atlanta. So is is this rhetorical? Uh, do you care about bear weather? Or are you happy to hear that maybe the Bears will one day be playing in an indoor stadium? Listen, um, I, it, it, I can't blame anybody for not wanting to play in bear weather. I don't even want to live in bear weather. <laughs> so I, I can't blame I can't blame any 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 player that says, you know, look, thinking about Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't. The cold, a little overrated. If they put the Bears in in the dome and on a fast track, that that, that tells us what type of team we want to have. We want to have a you know a fast moving team. If you want to call them a finesse team, fine, so be it. Our quarterback ran for a thousand yards. We if we want if we want to utilize these players' true athletic potential, let's let's build the uh, let's make the you know the the playing surface more suitable for them. That and, part you know, of the playing circus. Yeah, I, I, I prefer it. And we've all we we all watched game, you know, week one last year versus the 49ers. That that thing that they played in last last season at Soldier Field, that is not suitable for a Super Bowl contender. Yeah, that's, that's not suitable. That's that's suitable for a, an Olympic swimmer, <laughs> not 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 a football player. Well, Just I, imagine I that, two years down the line, and we're playing an important NFC Championship game at home, and Justin Fields throws a curl right to DJ Moore, and he slips at the top of the route, and it's a pick stick going the other way. No, I'm over bear weather. I'm over the elements because they, they haven't helped us. So, no. Well, me a dome. Been... I think a retractable dome. Just, just something to stop some of it, stop some of the wind and, and snow. Yeah, some of the rumors right now is that, like, so in Arlington Heights, a retractable dome would be too expensive, so it would just be closed indoors all the time. And, yeah, as much as I love, yeah, the cold elements, or definitely on those days when, like, you couldn't kick a field goal past 35 yards because of the wind, like, Q, I think you mentioned it perfectly, that, um, you know, the passing game gets so screwed up on days like that. And on top of it, too, you know, Vincent, then you brought up the fact that I think the biggest factor of all of this and the thing that they have to absolutely get right at Arlington Heights and the Bears will actually have control of it is the grass, right? Because if you're not familiar, Bears fans, you know, the Chicago Park District owns that grass. They are in charge of it. It is actually not the Chicago Bears who are in charge of upkeeping the grass or figuring out what kind of sod works on that kind of field, something that can regenerate properly. That all goes back to the Chicago Park District, which I think lends to that disconnect of why the Bears were looking at Arlington Heights and then bought the property at the racetrack. Like, you literally have things happening right now where I, you know, uh, Q, you know this. I'm sure you were there every single night uh, for Taylor Swift over this last weekend. Oh, um, yeah. 
yeah, front row, front row. <laughs> but but dude, so here's the thing, and this is kind of is another like you know penny in the well of why the Bears are moving, is that Taylor Swift and she paid for it out of her own pocket, paid the paid the Chicago Park District five hundred thousand dollars after that concert just so that they can resod that grass at Soldier Field. Wow. Now I get it. You want to have concerts. You want to do all that stuff in an Arlington Heights and in indoor stadium. You will have that. But when you have an outdoor stadium and you want to have your cake and eat it too, at the end of the day, I still feel like that that screws the football team. I know that we're months away from week one, but it still like kind of screws it up a little bit. So, I mean, I'm curious, obviously this is a leverage point. This is June right now. They bought the property in Arlington Heights. I think it's going to happen. Um, maybe we could wrap it up on this. Like what time? Like Vincent, what uh, what are we thinking here? Twenty twenty eight, Arlington Heights. Um, the, the, uh, you know, if anything, we've learned from the news over the last what seventy two hours <clears throat> is that there's a lot of hurdles to be crossed. Still, um, twenty twenty eight is a is a good bet. Yeah. You know, seeing anything soon, uh, more recent than that, or more sooner than that, uh, in, inside of five years that might you might be pushing it because you know this this is going to be there's going to be a lot of back and forth going on between chicago and the, up between the bears and these other municipalities in the chicago land area um do, dollars you know hands got to be shaken the contracts got to be signed dollars got to be exchanged above the table under the table they, they don't uh, even have the, the they don't even, well and i was the thing real quick they don't have the sponsors yet no they don't they don't they none of this they've no, they've none of the sponsors yeah, I mean, so again, five years, five years, it's, it's, that's a good, uh, that's a good starting point for the Bears. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, their lease with Sh- uh, Soldier Field, 2030, the, right? say it again, 2030, right? Yeah, 2030. So they're, they're not pressed for time, basically. They're not, they're not pressed for time. They, they still got, they still got at least till 2028 to have, have something ready to go. So I think, yeah, 2028 is a perfect, perfect, you know, perfect floor for having anything, anything sooner. I don't, I don't see it. Uh, awful, terrifying question to ask in June. Q, is Justin Fields the quarterback of the Bears when we move into Arlington Heights? I certainly hope so. <laughs> Me too. I don't, I don't want to see another quarterback before 2030. Oh my God. Who knows? Yeah, it's a long, it's a long way away. Um, it definitely is a story that makes headlines. And, uh, you know, for the time being, though, we have to focus on what we have, and that's the Chicago Bears playing at Soldier Field. And maybe the hope is that all this sounds well and good, that you move to Arlington Heights, you move indoors. But you're kind of hoping that maybe somewhere along this path before that happens, maybe a bear weather game actually goes in the Bears' direction and actually helps them uh, defeat that, a team. That would be nice. Right? Maybe some sort of underdog moment or of, some, of some kind, and it helps them move along. Let's move on to the meat of our section of our episode here today. We want to do a little bit more of a fantasy football check-in again. We've done it a couple of times. We want to kind of keep checking in, keep projecting, because the Chicago Bears team has kind of had an overhaul offensively. And a lot of big things are expected out of Justin Fields. The question is no one knows what exactly to project and what we think the potential is. Uh, if you're following Bears Twitter, you're following some people that are have some close sources uh, among the team. I think every single report that's coming out says that Justin Fields and DJ Moore look absolutely awesome together right now. Now I get it. No pads seven on seven. We're building chemistry here. 
Uh, but they just say that, you know, DJ room, uh, DJ Moore brings a completely different talent level to that wide receiver room. And you're seeing it with his connection with Justin Fields. So I think we're going to try and attack it today. Uh, this was Vincent's idea of maybe instead of like what we think about the potential of the player, but exactly as a Bears fan, where exactly are you drafting this player in fantasy drafts coming up? Because look, anyone can go ahead to the board and take Justin Fields number eighth overall in the first round of the draft. And you might get made fun of and you might be right, but who knows? We're trying to take a realistic approach here so you can put on your realistic hat when maybe you enter draft rooms in a couple months. Uh, so Q, I want to open it up with you first. Let's talk a little bit about DJ Moore. Um, a guy who I don't think anyone question is a number one wide receiver. Um, how high he goes up that pecking order, I think, is a different question altogether. So as a Bears fan, you're heading into this fantasy draft. I think everyone wants G.J. Moore on their team. But where would you realistically say that he should probably be drafted um, that obviously not only helps your fantasy team but also gets you D.J. Moore on there too as well? As a fantasy football junkie, I am um... – I'm not ashamed at all to say that I've been mock drafting already. I've been in mock draft rooms. Um, if you want DJ Moore, you're going to have to probably got to spend a third round pick or a high fourth round pick. I wanted to get him in the fifth round. He was gone. Oof. I haven't seen a. I've done a few mock drafts. I haven't seen him any lower than the fourth round. Yikes! Wow, wow Vincent, yeah. way in on that because. I have not seen him pass the fourth round. I targeted him in the fifth round. I could not get him. Vincent, weigh in on that because I don't think I'm going to own DJ Moore this year. <laughs> I don't think he'll be on my team. At that Listen. It could be the Bears fans in there sipping the cool. I'm telling you, I targeted him around the seventh, sixth round. I could not get him. Mm. Wow. So, so, yeah, I've got a couple of things about that. So, one, this is this is – prime example of why you don't draft this early early in the season <laughs> you gotta let the, you gotta let the, the hype guy down it obviously obviously the the, the the what they're saying about justin and dj and their connection is obviously you know snowballing into the fantasy football community everybody's everybody's buying into the hype which you know as long as it pans out in the reality i'm i'm all for it. but as for fantasy that is that is way too expensive, Joe. I, I'm with you. I, 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 that's, I, that's a well, gamble. I, I was surprised too, but I'm, I'm telling you, I could screenshot it. He's going in the third and fourth round, early in the fourth round. I cannot get him. Let's see, because generally in a in a in a standard size league, let's say 12 teams, and you know, you got people who let's see, by the by the third, by the end of the third round, that's pick 36. You've got maybe one quarterback off the board, maybe maybe two. Let's just say two. Let's and be honest; got, it'll be it'll be Patrick Mahomes and somebody. Yeah, right? I, I'm, I'm fine. With that. Yeah. I, I'm fine right. with that. You got two. You got two quarterbacks going off the board. Maybe one in the second round. Maybe one in the third round. Um, you got two tight ends. Um, maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe three this year. And after that, fourteen running backs. And the rest of that will be wide receivers, right? So that's two, five. So we're talking about maybe you got 20 players already, 21, 21 players already before outside that's not wide receivers. So we're saying in the top 16 wide receivers, 
you got DJ Moore. Um, who we've said on a previous episode, he was wide receiver 33 last year on 30 a Carolina on a Carolina Panthers team that look, we, we've going well documented. Yeah. We've well documented the, the quarterback issues and then they, 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 they trade him McCaffrey, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't see it. Top 16. I, I don't see it. Um, yeah. So if anybody's drafting him in the third, in the third round, that's I, I seen third or four. I could have been bare fan. I was surprised. I, I I did three or four. I, I wanted him at the end of the fifth, end of the fifth round. That's why I, I wanted think him. Fifth, I, I think fifth, fifth round four. is perfect, 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 uh, perfect for him. Fifth round, based on everything I've seen on DJ, seen with DJ Moore, his and this, we're talking about fantasy. We're not talking about actual on the field play. His actual um, production. It's a fifth round, fifth round draft pick. Yeah, I mean, look, if you keep it very fundamental and not get into the, I try and, like, especially in June right now, I try and think about things in a fundamental way, right? And when you're building a fantasy team, I always try and think about it a little bit, like, when you build it and you look at your lineup at the end of the day, you want the opponent to look at your lineup and go, oh, shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm scared. I'm Look at this quarterback, look at this running back, whatever. So if you're saying... DJ Moore's in the third round, man, that's, oh, so that means that you're either taking that, that Justin Jefferson may be in the first round, a running back oh, in the second definitely. round. Because if DJ Moore is your first wide receiver, uh, you're doing it wrong. I, I'm just going to say it. I love DJ Moore. Uh, I love the Chicago Bears. If DJ Moore is the first wide receiver that you're taking off the board, I think you might be doing it wrong. Um, I get it that there's a lot of depth at wide receiver, but still there's some high-end guys there, especially in that third round. And my other one, Q, that kind of bothers me is that if you're taking DJ Moore in the third and fourth round, you are, in theory, saying no to probably Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, possibly Jalen Hurts, and possibly Justin Fields. Would I mean, and that was the thing. Do you remember in these mock drafts that Justin Fields go before DJ Moore or DJ Moore go before Justin Fields? I saw Justin Fields going in uh I saw him going in the fourth round in a lot of uh mock drafts. So they were they were right around each other. I seen yeah, okay. he, he generally been about the fifth or sixth quarterback going. I seen Mahomes Mahomes and Allen were pretty much one two. I saw Burrow and Hurts uh getting flip flopped a little bit. Uh I saw Lamar a couple of times. Justin was about in between the fifth and seventh quarterback pick most of the time. So he was in the fourth or fifth rounds. Yeah. But 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 Vince, just on its face, right? Like you're probably taking Justin Fields before you're taking DJ Moore, right? It makes sense. It makes sense. And like and, and you brought up a good point. You got brought up a good point. If DJ Moore is your first wide receiver, if your first wide receiver drafted, then I assume. You went running back, running back, quarterback, right. or in some in some fashion. Or you went, or right. you had, or you got one of the premier tight ends. Got it. Got a running back. Got a quarterback. If DJ, you got to have McCaffrey. <laughs> you have to Eckler. You're two running backs. So, yeah, you have. There's no way. There's no other way to explain it. If, but you know, again, you know, there's a lot of people out there who bear down way harder than others. So, <laughs> no, well, and that, yeah, that's I, the thing I, I, is I like. Shocked. Maybe my evaluation a little off. I, I, I don't think DJ Moore was proud for a big year. I think he's going to be the clear cut number one in Chicago. I do think there's going to be a lot of value, and I do think there is a lot of value in him in the fifth round. I couldn't pull the trigger on him 
in the third round. I, I couldn't do it in the fourth round where I was picking that. So I tried to come back in the, at the end. I was the end of the fifth, and no, I couldn't do it. Yeah, and see, like, that's the discipline, right? And look, I do a lot of fantasy football drafts with a lot of Bears fans, right? So there's definitely going to be some guys that fly off the board way before I even contemplated oh, yeah. the thought of even taking them. Um, but that's what it is, right, is you have to try and construct a roster where DJ Moore is an elite second receiver on your fantasy team, right? If he is your number one, I mean, man, you better have a damn good number two right behind him because I just think that you're going to be a little bit short on that end, right? And if you're looking at the opponent and you're like, oh, DJ Moore is the best one that they have on the roster, I'm not maybe as scared. And you're, you know, right, Vincent, like two running backs, Let's just say in the third round, you do take that wide receiver or whatever it is, a CD lamb or whatever. And then you take a DJ Moore. You're like, okay, I kind of, that kind of makes sense. But even in that fourth round, I still think that there's high end talent at the quarterback position. And then you're kicking the can down the road with that. And then do you want a combination of DJ Moore and Dak Prescott, or would you rather have a combination of, you know, a, a top flight quarterback and maybe someone else further down the road? Um, let's just stay with wide receiver today, right? So let's move over to, in your opinion, uh, Q, I'll go. I'll go to you on this one first. Um, in your opinion, uh, Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, are these guys getting drafted? Oh, I would definitely take uh, Mooney. Uh, I'm scared of that Claypool thing. He's going to get drafted. He's not going to get drafted with my pick. I don't want to give away any any fantasy strategies to any of my competitors out there. But uh, I, I, I would definitely take Mooney in the later rounds. I think he's. I think he's worth a. I think he's worth a late round fly. Yeah, Vincent. Um, you know what? Where, where are you right now with Darnell Mooney? He's still not practicing yet. Ankle injury always worries you. Guy that works super hard. Definitely a guy that was drafted in fantasy leagues last year. I think is probably a wide receiver three ish type that you could hopefully maybe start from the flex position. Um, are you on board with Q that he definitely will be drafted in most fantasy leagues this year? Absolutely not. <laughs> uh, yeah. If, if my draft was today, my draft was today, and Darnell Mooney would not be he not he's not on my draft board. No way, no no way, shape shape or form. You got to remember. <clears throat> so you said two things. One, wide receivers is the position with the most depth. You can get you can get um, players who have less question marks who can give you the same amount of production as Darnell Mooney. Darnell Mooney, as you said, not practicing yet. As you said no longer the team's number one wide receiver. Um, and as we know, this team, we have to see it first at from an aerial standpoint. This team was a running team last year. And we expect them to be very very consistent with as a running team again. We we hope that they are better at throwing the ball, but we, ha we haven't seen it. I don't want to draft on hope. I want to draft on, okay, I know what to expect when I'm, you know, getting down in the, getting down in the trenches towards where, you know, round 11, 12, where you would get Mooney. So, with that said, as our you know, as I you know alluded to earlier, there's you can get you can get other players who have less question marks who can give you the exact same thing you'll get from Mooney. Can I interject one thing, Vince? Go ahead. Your uh, fantasy league is a full of Chicago residents and Bear fans. I guarantee you, Mooney is not last the past. <laughs> 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 well, there's going to be an Allen Robinson grab around. <laughs> Last year, <laughs> I couldn't believe that. 
So and, and y'all need to Moody Moody <laughs> Moody's gonna go about seventh or eighth round. Oh, I, I I hope so. And I hope I'm drafting right behind the person who drafts him. <laughs> yeah, look, I'll be I'll be honest. I'm I I took Mooney last year. Um I don't remember what round I took him in, but I it definitely was not anything probably before like seventh or something like that. Um I will say that like my only my disagreement with you, Vincent, is I actually do think that he will get drafted in most formats but i do think it'll be like one of the last like two picks last two rounds or something like that because i'm thinking only 11th round 12th round somewhere something like something like that because because where i'm where i'm in agreement with you vincent is that he's in he's in marvin jones territory and you guys know exactly what i'm talking about marvin jones is the dude he's not sexy um it's not a fun pick at all but you end up doing it because guess what he will start one game for you or two games for you out of bare necessity somewhere along the line or he'll be that like he'll be that waiver wire pickup where you're like oh god i can't believe i'm doing this i mean but he's got but he's got eight points in three of his last four games and like i can't believe like i think darnell mooney might be in in marvin jones territory i guess like the thing vincent here hop in i'll follow up on this too like i guess the thing is i just don't know what mooney's ceiling is and I think that's the problem uh, with us trying to assess where he lands in the fantasy landscape. Perfect. Um, if if we're comparing him to see me, see me, I would I draft Mar I, I draft Marvin when the clock's running down. That's how he ends up on my team. If if Mooney, if Mooney ends up on my team, I, I I guarantee you the clock I, the clock got against me and the clock won. That's how he ended up on my team. Mooney's gonna be dragged around the Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay. So some reason Kenny Galladay still gets stretched. That's when you're at the end of the draft and just looking for a familiar name and face. Yeah, no, like the the Sterling, the Sterling Shepherds, the Marvin Jones. Every year, every, every year, year the these guys, yeah, these guys get drafted, and honestly, and they hurt your heart. Yeah, no, and, and in the land of that, and in the land of that caliber of fantasy player, I, I actually do think Darnell Mooney offers some some fairly interesting upside. Um, but again, like you know, uh, you you answered a cue, but Vincent, you know, Chase Claypool, um, this was a guy that I think every year of his career had been drafted in fantasy leagues. I know that I've drafted him before. I've played him in a flex uh, in his rookie season, and um, I'll be honest, I think last year. Uh, even probably before the trade from Chicago, I think people started dropping him big time. And then clearly when he went to Chicago, he was not he, – you, you could not roster him at all. So, Vincent, I mean, Chase Claypool does not get drafted, right? So, for the, his whole career right now has been boom or bust. When, when he's actually on the field, he's been very touchdown dependent. Um, and for all, all intents and purposes, we expect him to be the – very much the same as for the Bears. We we assume he's going to be one of the leading uh, touchdown guys, well, touchdown re- uh, receivers on this team because you know the big body. Red zone if, if you just yeah, if you just put him on the line against somebody, you know you, you expect him to win that win that in the in the short short field battle, and you know throw it up there for him, you know, and, and get the touchdown. He's six five, so what? Drafting a player who we expect to be boom bust and very touchdown dependent, I don't want that from a wide receiver. You could talk me into it from a running back perspective, as a handcuff maybe, 
But from a wide receiver, if I'm not, I'm I'm looking for at least I'm looking for a baseline of certain of reception. I'm looking for a baseline of yardage. I'm looking for a baseline of touchdowns. If I gotta get, if I've gotta ignore the first two and just say, okay, I just I'm only concerned with touchdown receptions, then I'll get you on a bye week. I don't I don't want to fill fill my roster with you at this point at this point in time. I just don't yeah. know if Chase Claypool has enough of a floor to draft him. Like when I, when I the guys that have to have a floor, I have to have, you know, a, a a model of what your production or value would be. I don't think we can predict what Claypool's value will be um this year. So that's why I say he's not he's not on my draft radar. I think Mooney has a higher floor than Claypool. Um, I, I agree. I agree with that. Uh, due simply to rapport with Justin Fields in his rookie season, um, I think due to probably what they're going to ask him to do in the offense. And yeah, look, when it comes to Chase Claypool, uh, even as Bears fans, I'm I'm letting him slide to the waiver wire, and I'm putting him on a huge wait and see. And here's the good news thing. Here's the good news about that Bears fans is if you don't draft him, if someone else does, that's it's their problem. But if he goes to the waiver wire, guess what? You're going to watch every single game, right? And you're going to understand exactly how and in which way we're going to utilize Chase Claypool. I think that's one of the biggest questions heading into the offseason and heading into this next season is whether Chase Claypool can do it, one. But B, exactly what are they going to be – how are they going to be utilizing him? I mean, are they going to be doing end arounds? Is it just the bubble screen game? Are they going to actually kind of work him downfield? And then Q, what you mentioned too as well is uh, red zone frequency and then red zone target share, right? Um, when they go down there, what plays do they like and who do they like to feature? Because, again, that is another thing with DJ Moore that makes me really scared about drafting him in the third or fourth round is the dude's never really been a touchdown guy. Yeah, yeah, um, not yet. And it's a little bit to do with his size, a little bit to do with his situation, and a little bit to do with when you get in the red zone, sometimes you go with that bigger physical need or you're running the football. DJ Moore doesn't really do that. And if you are a guy like Justin Fields, I mean, sure, you can scramble get out of the pocket and maybe find DJ Moore in there for some touchdowns. But man, the guy set a career high last year, but I think before that his career high was only like four. And that's always been a big knock on him from a fantasy perspective. So does that go to chase Claypool all of a sudden? And if it does, does it do enough to justify even putting him on your fantasy team? Um, Maybe last one, just really quick for funsies. Like how many weeks, how many weeks would it take for Tyler Scott to play like Deshaun Jackson to make you tempted to pick him up off the waiver wire onto your fantasy team. And you know, when I say Deshaun Jackson, you know what I'm talking about? I'm like three for three for 72 and a touch or, you know what I mean? Two for 84. Yeah. I can't do that. I can't, I can't wait 35 minutes for you to get a catch. I, I can't, I can't do that. I don't have, I'm too. I'm too anxious. I need my guys to get value right away. I cannot wait for the one big play. I'm sorry, the Deshaun Jackson's never end up on my roster. They, they don't. I can't do it. Listen, for me, I, I'm I'm more of a prove it type of guy. So let's see if he does it three weeks in a row. You're if, thinking if about it, right? It'll need to be three. If he hit, if he hits, if he hits the home run three three weeks in a row. 
At that that fourth week, I'm put I'm putting waiver dollars on. Him. I'm putting serious and waiver the dollars. The fourth week when you pick him up, that's when he has the dub. That's when you look at the box. It, it happens that way. For 17 yards. Well, it, yeah, it's like I, that I, every time. And that's the thing is, I'm not saying that you'd pick him up and you'd start him immediately, but you yeah. probably would pick him up right because after like Vincent, I think three games is a really good way to think about it because after three games. When they run the pregame graphic of whatever channel the Bears are on that week of like keys to the game, and it starts getting to like stop Tyler Scott or bottle up Tyler Scott, dude needs to be on your fantasy team. Not Wait. saying you're starting him though, Q. I'm with you on that. I'm not saying you're starting him, but I'm saying you just gotta like kind of put him on there. Frustrates me more than having a boomer bust. I'd rather leave him in a staging pool because if I have Scott on my bench and then he has three catches for ninety yards, now I'm even more pissed. Stay in the free agent pool with that shit. Don't sit on my bench with those unused points. No, no. I, I don't need those type of stresses on me during fantasy week. No. Go to somebody else's <laughs> roster and create that problem. You go over there and you learn something from Sterling Shepard and you do four catches for 20 yards <laughs> like a man. Like a man. <laughs> um, I'll, take, I'll take the West Walker seven catches for 53 yards. Yes, 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 all day long. Just give me that 10. Give me that 10 or 11. Just give me, call it a day. Uh, gentlemen, we got to get out of here on another episode of the Bear Claw Podcast uh, here at FFSN. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tell a friend. Make sure you come back and check out another episode. We'll be back next week to talk again. My name is Joe Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. My co-host, Vincent Saunders and Quentin Maddox. Gentlemen, this week we did fantasy wide receivers. Which which position group should we do next week? What do we want? We want running backs. We want tight ends. We gotta go we running backs. We want. We let's do running backs. backs. Let's do running backs. That one's gonna be real juicy. Get some Travis Homer talk going. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Let's do that. So everyone, come on back next week. We're gonna do the running back position for fantasy football. Where you think you should draft them. Uh, what we think their value is and try and bring you back down to earth because as a Bears fan we all know that you're going to want to take a tons of tons of Bears fans uh, tons of Bears players excuse me um, great episode guys great to see you Vincent take us home man 96 days till kickoff let's go oh my god 96 good lord <laughs> thanks for tuning in we'll be back soon <laughs>